Welcome to Launch Left Podcast. I'm Rain Phoenix, your host. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Follow us on all socials at Launch Left. Today's very special guest is Bitch with her new record, Bitchcraft. We're gonna we're gonna get in there. Yes. Let's talk all about it. Your new record is so pussy. Thank you. I take that as a compliment. It is a compliment. <laughs> Absolutely. And seeing your live show, I'm so very happy that you're in L.A. for this, that you were in L.A., that you are in L.A. for this short time and that I could see your live show at Hotel Cafe. Really, really moved me in many ways. Just Ooh. It's like comedy, music, heart, soul, ferociousness. And yes. I learned how to you know, use certain vocabulary words differently. And I'm really yes. happy about it. Oh, like it's, good. It's really cool what you're doing. Appreciate you so much. Tell Thank us you. about like the evolution of bitch. Mm. I know you've been in music for a while. Do you want to kind yep. of go through that with our listeners and watchers? What, what, where, how you came to be in music from an early age? Sure. Yeah. Um, I started, I've always been a musician. My mother is a tap dancer. And so she ran a tap dancing school in our basement my whole life. So I've always been tap dancing, which of course is very musical. And I heard the violin being played on Sesame Street when I was four. And I just became instantly obsessed. And I begged my parents, let me play one. And that kind of became this lifelong relationship that I had. Um, of course, you know, a lot of people, I studied classical cause that's kind of like what people know to do, I think, um, with kids who are interested in instruments. So I studied classical my whole life. And, um, then, you know, I kind of had, I left home and had some feminist revelations and, um, realized that so much of my life, I have been a very quiet person and very shy, um, and the violin was definitely something that did a lot of talking for me. And weirdly, when I went to college, I kind of put my violin away for a while and started studying acting. And in that process, I feel like I kind of came into my body in a different way. And I met my first bandmate, Animal, who was this total wild child and, um, yeah, we named each other. I named myself bitch as a way to reclaim this word that is used to insult powerful women who take up space. And I was having, you know, all sorts of, like I said, feminist rev revelations about how I had been kind of raised to keep myself small. And so reclaiming and naming myself bitch was this way to rebel against that. And so my first band, Bitch and Animal, we, you know, came right out of acting school and we did not think of ourselves as musicians. Um, you know, we used to just like take mushrooms and play <laughs> music together. And we we felt like we were making feminist theater. And um, our idol, Ani DeFranco, heard us like very pretty quickly in our you know, trajectory as a band, we had just made a little four song cassette tape and we somehow got it to her and she took us on tour and it kind of blew up our, our wow. artist life. And I always um, thank her for that because I really feel like she gave me, you know, access to an artist's life. Um, so it was kind of when we were on tour with her and started, we made an album with her 
and people started referring to us as musicians. And I'm like, oh, I, I mean, I guess I guess we're a band. <laughs> we thought we were thespians. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's kind of what began my like journey as a professional musician and like a traveling wild artist. And then Animal and I, we made three albums together and then went our separate ways. And I kept the name Bitch and kept going. And I've made you know, quite a few records since. And this one kind of has all my heart and guts and soul in it. Like I, I took a, a break for a long time. I was kind of just ever since Bitch and Animal, I was just on tour all the time, releasing records every two years, this kind of thing. And after a while, you know, I just went, oh, I gotta stop, you know? And, um, I stopped for a while, and so this is kind of what came out of that, like, resting place or, um, like, a, a stillness that I hadn't had since I was, well, really, I'd never had. So, um, yeah, Bitchcraft kind of came out of that, a very still place where I could honestly, like, think about the biggest side of myself that I could possibly express through audio. And that's what Bitchcraft feels like it is. Wow. Well, I'm glad you did because I really love the record. Oh, thank really, you. Really. And I hope everybody gets a chance to hear it. And so what was the name of the band you were in with your friend Animal? Did you have a name? Bitch and Animal. Bitch and Animal. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. We Maybe were a duo. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. And from that experience of touring and working with Annie DeFranco so much, did that inform... Like, I know that you said that's when you realized you were a musician, but did that sort of change um, how you made music, uh, how it came to you? Were you more professional about it suddenly? Mm. Did you go and lock yourselves in rooms and, you know, or was it just like, Never. no, now I'm a musician and this is how I make art. And you just did yeah. it your way. It was kind of like that. It was like, I think by having her scoop us up and validate what we were doing, I think it just, it validated our process, which, and I, I still have the same process. You know, I carry a spiral bound notebook everywhere I go. I still write by hand, you know, record little melody ideas in my phone. You know, it's very informal mm. and, you know, just kind of when the goddess moves me, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I've never really changed that. Do you still have lifelong friends from that time? Yeah. 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 It's a, it's, it's a formative time to make music and make art together. And so of course you yes. do. And your parents, what do you, what do they think of your trajectory? Are they, have they always been supportive? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, yes, they've been supportive. Um, my mom always says, my parents are both English, and my mom always says, you've got such a lovely name. I mean, why bitch? <laughs> you know, she's always just like, oh, God, you know, why can't you? Did you have to be so rebellious? I mean, right. even now with dealing with the Internet and, you know, it's pretty complicated naming yourself bitch. And had I, you know, anticipated the Internet, I'm pretty sure I might not have made that choice. <laughs> You know, so even now she'll be like, it's not too late to change, you know, but no, they've been very supportive. Like I said, my mom is an artist, you know, a tap dancer and 
musical theater queen. I think my dad, yeah, my dad did not love the idea of me going to acting school, you know. Everybody thought I was going to go to music school and be like a symphony player, that kind of thing, with a steady job, you know. Mm -hmm. It's only like, you know, the last few years that you're like, oh, right, yeah, steady job. That would have been smart. Mm. (laughs) Oh, I just could not get down with those costumes for symphonies. I hated the outfits. There you go. So you are a classically trained yes. violinist. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now tell me, as a musician, do you prefer the road or the studio, or is are they, you know, together? Good question. <laughs> that only a musician understands. Yeah, that... It, God, I sometimes I feel like I'm Jekyll and Hyde. Like, I love the... It's like the road is the extrovert. It feeds the extrovert. And the studio is my hermit mm. side. And I have very strong of both of those things, you Mm. know, I think, um, yeah, if I could make a life, I I always think like, oh, if I could make a life where I only had to be in the studio, I mean, I I think I would love that, but I know that I would miss touring and like the exchange of live performance, you Mm. know, Mm. it's just all the travel and everything is such a drag, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, the performance is that's why you do it all, you right. know? So. And do you think that has a lot to do with the, the relationship with the audience? Did you, it seems like from your shows that you, a lot of it is this collaboration of sorts. Yeah. Energetically at least. Yes. I love that you picked up on that. I do. I, I, yeah, I think that that side of it is like crucial. And any, even when I'm filming things, I kind of, I'm always picturing like the people receiving it, you know? Mm -hmm. And do you work with like a crew of artists? Like let's say when you make a video or, you know, get ready for show, what show costumes or what, do you have a crew of your own artists that you work with that you really love? And if so, would you like to share some of about them and maybe where they live and what they do is, you know, whether it's fashion or, or as engineers or we always love to hear about as many as possible. There are so many people. I mean, just bitchcraft alone. I just feel like there were so many hands involved and like, I just kind of feel like I could be like writing a thank you speech for the next year, you know, and I'd like to thank, you know, because (laughs) I worked on it for so long and I had to pull so many favors. I mean, you know how it is. Um, And really like, you know, yeah, like throw myself into people's generosity and, I think this actually was my first time really collaborating with people on a, yeah, like, okay, yeah, so any, yes, there have been so many people that, that have had hands in this. I mean, from a production level, Roger Paul Mason. Um, I worked with him on my last record and it kind of began this new sound that I've been exploring. And this time I got to really deepen it with him. So he's a great producer. I'd be, you know, we just sent each other files for years and one, we spent one weekend together in Austin where we took over our friend Gretchen Phillips entire house. Cause she left town and she said, just go record in our house and feed my cats. And so we did that Amazing. for a weekend. Gretchen Phillips is a great musician. Um, this woman, Ann Previn here in LA, I told her I wanted to make a pop record. So she, 
you know, listen to all my demos, listen to all my half ideas and really helped me um, pull out which ones she thought I should go with, you know, and work on. My friend Goddess, who's an amazing rapper and has an incredible ear, um, child of two classical musicians. She was a big part of the production of it. My friend Dusty, who I had this vision of for the cover, having a collar made out of brooms. And I, I called him. Uh, we've collaborated on a few things now for this project. And he he ran that. He not only, you know, he we did this. He made this amazing collar that I wore in the um, cover shoot. And we made a full length gown. I had had this vision. I was at a protest at some point that I wanted to make a dress out of protest signs and call it the protest dress. And then I was talking to Dusty about it and we started morphing the idea into like, well, what if that is this look for the the cover of Bitchcraft? And instead of, you know, signs that you would, you know, phrases that you would write, you know, for a protest, you choose uh, lines from the album. And so, you know, we birthed that whole look. And at the last minute I had, been playing with this oversized pencil that we just stuck in my hair at the last minute. And that's become a big prop in the, in the play that I'm working on. I mean, I could go on and on about collaborators. Zoe Sundra, she built a, a dress out of a tent for the Hello Meadow video. I mean, all the people that put in so much time for the music videos, Joey Soloway, who single-handedly made this beautiful video for Easy Target during COVID. They were really moved by the song Easy Target and so had this suit custom made for me and we went up on their roof and we shot this this beautiful thing outside and it was everybody's like first project during COVID. Share with us what's moving forward for you. Are we going to get to see you play? Where are you playing? The cities, the places, how do we find you online? All that good stuff. Thank you. Um, yes, you can always find me online, Bitch Music. And I'm about to be uh, doing a Northeast tour. So I start in um, Somerville, Mass., which is part of Boston, I guess. And I get to, I'm doing kind of a triple bill with Katie Curtis and Melissa Farrick, who are two brilliant musicians that I very much admire. And then I'm going to do a full residency in New York. So similar to the thing I did here in LA, um, I'll be doing three Wednesdays in a row where I'm going to be doing the full play, which is what you saw, or, you know, it's mm -hmm. in development. Um, my friend Margie Zone, I need to mention her because she helped me craft that play mm -hmm. and start, she's a co-creator with me on, yeah, how to weave an autobiographical tale. Cause I wanted to do some stuff like that for the Bitchcraft release. So yeah, New York, I'll be in Burlington, Chicago, we go all the way out to uh, Minneapolis and back. So Fantastic. All, the whole Northeast and the whole Midwest for April and May. And how, what is your experience touring uh, in the areas of the U S that like, do you have a favorite zone or is it all good times or does it always feel like, no, I wish it was better. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> Right. Yeah. There's no always, there's definitely certain towns that, you know, are like surprises, but then sometimes it's like, you know, well, this was great in 1998 and now it sucks, you know, right. Right. I I've always been pleasantly surprised by the Midwest. I really enjoy touring in the Midwest. Um, some great like pockets, Kansas city, Des Moines, Columbus, Ohio. They're always like towns I 
love playing. Um, any that I don't like, I've just kind of, they just get struck off the list and I just don't go back. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any advice for young artists that might be starting out that are left of center that are, you know, outside the box and, and all the pitfalls that come with maybe trying to fit in or not trying to fit in. Is there anything that really helped you? Maybe that someone that was older than you when you were coming up said to you that helped you center and stay true to yourself or something that you just over the years really held close as a kind of motto of how to maintain your own, you know, sense of self and still work in a world that doesn't necessarily always accept that. Mm. Yeah. I mean, great question. And I feel like in a way the answer is right there because that is my main question. And it's still something I struggle with when you are collaborating because Mm. how to maintain, Mm. okay, who am I? Like, would I wear that lipstick? Like, do I want to look like that? You you really have to be in a constant conversation with yourself. Mm. Like, you know, and then trusting your collaborators too, to make, you know, I, I, I would say like, you know, make it clear who you are and then also, you know, try to trust other people too when they want to add their uh, magic to it. Um, Definitely don't name yourself a curse word (laughs) for the internet. Don't do that. Just to keep it easy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm assuming I don't want to cut you off if you have more advice, but I'm assuming that's been tough for social media reasons. God, it's such a pain. Yeah. 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 It's so funny, too, because I do say this in my show. I know you know, but, you know, bitch actually isn't one of the FCC words. So you actually can use the word bitch a lot. But then, you know, every company gets to decide what is appropriate and what you can advertise. Oh, my God, it's such a pain in the ass. So, yeah, I don't recommend it. Mm-hmm. I like to say it rhymes with witch. <laughs> I don't know. So if you see me in 10 years and I'm I'm going by Cassandra, I mean, you'll know why. <laughs> oh, my God. True. Do you know a lot about um, Salem and the witches and the trials that have you done your research? I assume you have. I mean, you know, to throw that broom around so much. <laughs> yeah. You throw that broom around. You got to know yeah, you got to have some some I historical mean, yeah. reference point. Yes. I mean, again, we only know the his story of that at time. Exactly. We don't really know yes. the her story of that time. It's so true. So, uh, you know, how many of them lived to tell it? Right. We don't know. Yeah. So again, even what went down might, you know, even if you did know everything there is to know, you might just be repeating history. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. It's a fact. Yeah. But when you think about it, for whatever reason, the female animal the feminine was so powerful, the goddess of that era, and so terrifying to the dominant paradigm that needed to exert itself. Yes. That they literally drowned, burned, and tortured thousands of women yes. for practicing herbalism. Yes. And magic. Yes. That we're all connected to and, and can practice right now and that isn't and wasn't based in some evil right thing that was harmful thing for anyone it was if anything was the only sure medicinal help you could get especially if you were a woman 
Yes. So to think that that uh, actually happened along with all the insufferable to remember things that have happened, not just in our country, but across the globe because of misunderstanding, because of not having an open mind and heart yeah. to who and what is is what is actually happening for certain people to me i i still when i think about it, like yeah that happened the witches of there were thousands of women killed burned drowned you know trials like no you're a heretic now we're gonna kill you yeah can you imagine and they just lived out in the woods trying yeah. to help people i know that's, i mean but you think about that's it, true of everyone so whatever is that dominant part that seems to keep winning that dominant yes sort of intense uh for lack of a better word patriarchy kind of angle that yes. we've built our entire existence around whatever that is it's time for you to go i know i know <laughs> it's, it's time, time to allow these other things in because you've tried to kill and pillage and rape too long and none of that's really worked we're no, still it is not feel like the working. goddess is back and you're gonna have to just reconcile with that yes deal with it <laughs> it's literally our only hope right we all gotta <laughs> learn to live together i don't yeah. think it's fair to sort of uh persecute no. so on a lighter note you're on yes. kills rock stars is that right yeah. what a cool label yeah. do you enjoy them have they been kind to you or are they yes they seem like they're they're uh artist supportive very artist friendly yeah. yes and i have so much respect for them you know they've got kind of this legendary catalog and i worked with them my first album i put out as a solo artist um was with them and so it kind of feels like full circle to be doing this because in a way I feel like this is the beginning of a new era for me. You yeah. know, the fact that I took a break for so long and um, yeah, so to have Slim Moon is the person who started the label and um, I just have so much respect for him and we have a uh, really good friendship and I love so many of the artists that he puts out and awesome. Yeah, very honored. Is there a single album that was incredibly meaningful to you as a young adult or a person that really woke you up? Was First, there... okay. Yeah. First three that came to my mind, Sinead O'Connor, Lion and the Cobra, Joni Mitchell Blue, Tracy Chapman, the one with Fast Car. Do you remember the age with which you experienced those? They were all kind of like, yeah, late teens, early 20s. Was there a particular person who turned you on to that music or did you find it yourself? Ooh, somehow I think I found those things myself. Although my sister is the first person who ever, she's the one who turned me on to Ani DeFranco, who was also a huge influence on me. And she mailed me her cassette. So cool. Cassette. Yes. I was going to say, what format did you listen to those albums on? Yeah, those other ones, those must have been cassettes. Cassette. Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> We were just talking about cassettes. Apparently there was a cassette video camera somehow. So how have has your opinion of those records changed at all since you first heard them and they were formative for you? No. Still absolute genius. Yes. People can find me at Bitch Music, come out for the shows, um, and be on a lookout for hopefully some sort of theater manifestation yes. of the full play. Soon. For sure. Yay. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Rain. So, so nice so to lucky be here. To have you. Thanks for having me. And have a great tour. We'll see you out on the road. I can't wait.
Thank you. Hey, I'm Bitch, and this is my song, Pages, from my album, Bitchcraft. In the notebook of my life, this line is so painful to write. I never did dream I'd be without you tonight. That chapter, how it ended, my heart broke and it bended. The weight so great, put back out of place, and I probably won't ever mend it. And it's okay, I'm alright. I keep telling myself to keep it light. I'm fine, it's just time. I know, I know, I know that you were never mine, and you
Launch Left aims to create an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice, but a necessity. Launch Left begins with music, but its ultimate aim is to launch left-of-center artists in all creative fields. 